Welcome to the definitive guide to creating bundles to scale your account. This is going to be huge. We're going to talk about upselling strategies, vertical integration, and market research, ultimately understanding what to even sell, how to position it, how to build ads around doing that, and ultimately how we can use these types of things to not only improve our AOV off of first purchase and, of course, the LTV of our business, but also how to use them to position our primary offers to improve the conversion rate and ultimately maximize cash flow for those very low cost conversions that our business is relying on. Now, if you know anything about me, you know that I love a rebuttal upsell, but wait, there's more. Provide value, understand the needs of the market and give the customer what they want, providing premium experiences to customers willing to pay more. Because remember, direct consumer advertising is all about a unique selling proposition and then providing more value than somebody would offer or get at a store near them. So with that being said, we're gonna dive into this in just a second, but I wanna say this. I know you could be literally anywhere on the internet right now and you've chosen to be here and I'm incredibly thankful for that and I'm going to make it 100% worth your while. So that being said, thank you very much. And moving forward, to touch on two more things. If you like what you have to see here and you have any questions, please, Feel free to ask. That's what I'm here for. I would love to be able to help you out with those questions. Second, if you enjoy what you see here and want to learn more, then please sign up for the newsletter at newsletter.facebookdisruptor.com. And if you're ready to maximize the LTV of your career and your business, check out the MBA program at Facebook, uh, the Facebook Ads MBA program at mba.facebookdisruptor.com. So you can learn about the immersive lifetime membership program that I'm using to teach the best marketers all around the world. That being said, let's dive into it. So first thing that we need to cover here is the upsell strategy. Now, the upsell strategy that is really important when using bundles to improve and scale our business is pretty straightforward. But let's dive into the finer points. Ultimately, let's use one of the most famous real-world examples as a foundation. You ever seen a commercial for the Ginsu Knives? The infomercial. Now, I happen to have learned from the woman that put together that commercial, and there's a lot of lessons from that. Now, the first thing is, they might try to sell you the knife for 20 bucks, and you're like, hey, that's a great knife. I don't know if I want to spend 20 bucks on it. Now, the traditional Facebook marketer would say, okay, great. Well, they don't want that. Let's give them to them 25% off. Now it's only $15. So now I'm put in a position of, was that product even worth the 20 bucks? Is it good for me as a marketer to instill lack of trust and devaluing my product to my customer just to try to get some revenue? The answer to that is pretty much a holistic no. That being said, we can dive into something else because what most infomercials and honestly, most products that you're going to see anywhere in the world outside of big box store offers where you are buying a low quality product designed to appease the masses at the lowest price, which is what you as a DTC brand owner are trying to compete with and ultimately have to create a unique selling proposition to juxtapose yourself against is providing more value. And ultimately, what made the Ginsu knife commercial great wasn't that it was the knife. 
It was the knife plus the thing that cut a fish, three other knives, a sharpener, a thing, a box to put it all in, a mat to get it in, and then, but wait, there's more. Act now. You get a second one completely free for three easy payments of $39.99. You were iffy about spending 20 bucks. Now you are far more likely than you were at the 20 to spend 120 bucks. Now there's a few things going on here. But ultimately, the upsell strategy is I don't even want to try to sell you the one item. I'm going to give you the entire suite. We're getting to vertical integration here in a minute. I'm also getting into some market research to understand how to build that. But the ultimate thinking here is when we're trying to do an upsell, part of the value isn't just the initial product. If you were just buying against your knife, it'd be another knife. Nobody cares about the one knife. What made that stand out was it wasn't just the knife, but it was the entire package, plus a great advertiser. And then you get one for yourself and something for somebody else. So the strategy in that upsell, like most upsells, is we're giving you more than one product. We're giving you more value. We're overcoming the objection of price by giving you more value, a better experience, a premium customer experience. And so your upsells have to be designed around that premium customer experience that in general puts more product into the hands of your customer. And why do we want more product in their hands? Well, two very big reasons. Number one, more products in the, in the package means more goods in the home. That's more tangible things that people interact with more emotional connections to real world goods, and ultimately more branding that somebody sees subconsciously over and over and over again. This is really, really important. If the Ginsu knife was one of a few knives in the drawer, you might not remember it. But the fact that it comes in a block with another one and a mat and you start to get five or six different things means that you're seeing that logo on your kitchen counter every day. Maybe you don't use the block, you get rid of it, but it means that there's five or six knives in your drawer that you see every single day. And not just you, but you might've gotten that extra one as a gift or for another home or for a family member. Now it's you and them and everybody else that uses it. So if you're in a situation with roommates or you're in a situation where family comes over or if you're in a situation where you've got friends over and somebody's using stuff, you're making impressions every single time somebody sees that product and that brand name. How many times have you seen sneakers like, oh, that's really cool. What is it? Well, that's another impression. That's another potential customer. That's another customer journey that's getting curated. And we often talk about, well, Facebook ads is just prospecting, and we're going to try to also retarget and bash people over the head with things. But remember that by the time that person sees your first ad, it's exceptionally rare that that is not a retargeting impression. Maybe not for your brand, but definitely Ginsu Knives wasn't the first time you ever saw a knife as a product. You were already interested. Otherwise, you would have turned it off right away. You were already aware of what the product was because, well, it's a knife or it's sneakers or it's a car, whatever. Like, we're not telling you that, hey, there's this wonderful thing made out of metal and it cuts things. So 
when Facebook is using this information, and Amazon's really good at this too, so is Google, hint, hint, every digital, every digital marketing platform is really good at this stuff. That impression is served to you, not just because somebody paid for it and it's random, but because there's a meritocratical reason that your consumer experience will be better as a user of that platform because somebody showed you that content. That is incredibly important to understand. So our upsell strategy here should be not only how do we overcome the objection of price, and often that is done through focusing on value or focusing in on trying to match the use cases. But it's also really important for us to use this because our upsell strategy could be there to define attachment and emotional connection and ultimately to position our product in a way that we are no longer just selling a single thing to somebody. We are selling multiple things to solve multiple problems, to overcome multiple objections, to create multiple impressions to multiple people in a way that generates better cash flow up front and a better LTV that ultimately might lead to additional purchases. And that's really important too, because the second to last thing I want to cover here very shortly is that when you buy bundles from brands, you're more likely to buy a second thing from that person. One of the most famous bundles of all time is the Nintendo Entertainment System. When you bought an NES back in the late 80s, early 90s, it came with a couple games. Now me, when I got it, it came with uh, Mario 1 and Duck Hunt and World Class Track Me. But that also made the entertainment system way stickier. You see this happen with PlayStation, where they've got the PlayStation Now and you can download free games. You see this in a lot of places and you might not be aware of it. But there's a lot of situations where the product is sold with additional use cases above and beyond the initial product that you're actually buying. And that makes your engagement with and the stickiness of that product much higher. Now, the last thing that I want to touch on really quick is that when you try to sell that Ginsu knife for 20 bucks, people are like, well, they're comparing that knife to every other knife that's $20. Okay. What if? That knife is now positioned against the entire bundle. Maybe I don't want to spend 120 bucks on the entire bundle of all the knives. But now the $20 knife is a $20 version of the big thing, not a $20 version laid against a million other $20 items. So you're positioning your primary product in a different way. It means you can also probably start selling that primary product for 25 or 30 because you've established a price point. When you begin to sell bundles and upsells, one of the biggest things that you'll see is a higher conversion rate on your primary offer. And more people will take that primary offer and immediately take the upsell because they're using that primary offer as a trial, the initial product.
you have any questions on this stuff, please comment below. If you like all of this stuff, hit the like button, subscribe. Let me know what you think. If you're listening to the audio podcast, I really appreciate it. And hey, go ahead and subscribe, download it. You don't even have to listen to it. I appreciate all of it. And if you really like this stuff, do not be afraid to sign up for the newsletter. You'll get one thing from me every week on Sundays with all sorts of advice. And again, check out mba.facebookdisruptor.com if you want to know about the Facebook Ads MBA program. Second thing we're going to cover here today about how to create bundles to scale your business is vertical integration. Now, this is an extremely important business principle. And really what this is, is understanding when somebody buys one product, what are other products they're likely to buy? Now, great examples of vertical integration can be done with single brands or with retailers. Now, as a, for instance, with retailers, you'll often see commonly sold together items sold right next to each other on the shelf. Hot dogs next to the buns, right? Charcoal next to the beer. That's not an accident. You'll also see this happen a lot on Amazon. When you buy a product, if you ever notice they say, hey, uh, people that buy this product are also barely likely to buy these other ones. Now, the reason those products are all sold together or the people likely buy them together is because of the vertical integration of these products. So for instance, if I'm selling this pen, I could try to sell you this pen over and over again, or I could sell you a bundle of this pen, or I could sell you this pen, some pad of paper, maybe a case to bring it in. Now, maybe you're interested in the pen, maybe. Maybe you're interested in the pen and kind of getting, uh, you know, your way to getting multiples of it in a bundle. But if I give you the pen plus branded paper and a notebook to come together with it and all sorts of other stuff, now you're like, okay, you're solving multiple problems. I need one product to use the other product. And I'm starting to put all of these things together. And now I'm spending more money. I've got more products of yours in my home and I'm using your products more often and I'm creating emotional connections and psychological triggers around your branding. Now, what's really important with vertical integration is that this is the primary thing that takes something from a product with a marketing team to a business. Very few businesses rely on a single product sold one time. That's exceptionally difficult. Now, there are always exceptions to the rule. There are always things out there that might work. However, the primary source of most business growth is repeated transactions. And those repeated transactions generally happen because we have vertically integrated products. When you're gonna buy one product, you're likely to buy X, Y, and Z afterward. Well, a great example of vertical integration that I was able to manage back when I was running the accounts for New Balance. You think of New Balance, you think of sneakers. And hey, you might buy a pair of New Balance shoes once every two, three years, or like five, because the things are indestructible and high quality. Now, it's really hard to generate cash flow when somebody buys your product once every three to five years. And the markup on that product isn't that great. I mean, yes, they're making this juice for dirt cheap and they're selling it for like 50, 60 bucks, but that's it. Then I don't see you for years. 
what we did to really counteract this is started to sell socks and joggers and apparel. Now, the honest truth is you might never buy a pair of New Balance trainers from us. Or you might not until you're like 50 and you might be 25. But when you get some cool pants, maybe you buy them or, or maybe you get the, the socks and then maybe you buy them or maybe you find a deal where it's a pair of pants and then there's a post-transactional upsell to a pair of socks. Well, now it's like, okay, well, I'm using the pants. If I'm going to be using the pants to go out running, I might as well wear the socks. Now, I'm instead of spending like $60 on a pair of shoes, I might be upwards of $90 or $100 on this checkout. So I'm already making a higher AOV on this customer. And if they like that stuff and they come back and buy a second or third time, now that emotional connection and psychological relationship to the brand of New Balance is different. And my conversion rate on that customer is 20 times as high as it would be on somebody that is just looking at shoes. And we're talking anybody that makes one purchase 20 times more likely to buy the shoes they buy one or two or three of the other products through an upsell and that's incredibly important now when we're looking at this stuff we have to understand that bundling is the easiest way of creating these upsells and you don't have to think of the bundle as the primary service the primary offer the primary product the bundle can be a post-transactional upsell. You bought this product. People that bought this product really like this product. You can get it now for 25% off. That's a bundle. Uh, you're regularly buying this product, by the way. If you want to add this thing, you don't have to pay for shipping. and We'll give it to you three months for free. That's a bundle. You can start to say, if I'm already getting revenue from, I'm already getting them interested. Now I can sell other products that accompany that thing. And in that way, I'm starting to build more value psychologically and emotionally with the brand. Going back to Ginsu Knives that we covered when we were talking about upsell strategies, that vertical integration is straightforward. Here's a knife that'll you know, cut through a shoe and a sneaker and a tomato and also be you know, whatever else. Great. Well, apparently you're using this knife. Maybe you'd use other ones. Maybe you're interested in other knives that we have. Well, instead of trying to get you to come back and buy all of them, selling you the entire package. Now, some of those items in that package are super cheap with a great markup, like the bag it all comes in. Some of those products are really high quality, right? Like a steak knife is, is, is high end. But the point of selling them all together or to have a product line that allows for people to have more than one thing that they want to buy from you means that the acquisition of a single sale is far likelier to lead into the creation of a customer journey with added lifetime value. And that's tremendously important because once you're building lifetime value with an upsell that creates vertical integration, uh, or, or creates a path through vertical integration through multiple products. Now we're no longer trying to make a sale at a profit. We are no longer concerned about ROAS because that's also a nonsense number anyway, not cash flow. Now what we're doing is 
we are buying profitable customer journeys. When you're buying profitable customer journeys, you don't have to make a profit on that first sale. Matter of fact, I've done it where I'm losing 30 cents, 50 cents on the dollar on that first sale. And you say, well, I can't afford to do all of that stuff. Okay. Well, what if you started to sell vertically integrated products so your existing customers would come back and buy a second and third time? And you say, well, I don't have the cash flow to float all that money. Sure. But what if 10, 20, 30% of your customers came back and bought other things because you solved one problem and you have other solutions to very similar problems? Or the use of one item begets the use of another. This pen needs paper to write on. When you start thinking about stuff like that, you're also going to start realizing that more and more percentage of your revenue on a daily basis comes from transactions you didn't have to pay to acquire in that instant. So now we're really talking about a situation where my vertical integration of products, where I'm using upsells either in the transaction or it's just a bundle that I'm selling over time, think of them bundles as an overtime option. Those are allowing me to have access to the opportunity to not need to make money on the first day because I'm waking up with money coming in that I don't have to pay to acquire. I don't need a 1X ROAS to break even because I woke up with 20 cents in my bank for every dollar I'm gonna spend today. That's incredibly important. Now, when we're talking about doing this and creating bundles to scale and upselling, once we understand what these vertically integrated journeys are, you can just sell them as one individual SKU. That unlocks everything. If you have any questions about this stuff, again, please comment below. I know this is really high-level thinking. It's probably poking holes in a lot of things that you were told that were very important that were absolutely dead wrong. And more importantly, if you love this type of stuff, please hit the like button, hit subscribe, go to newsletter.facebookdestructor.com, sign up for the newsletter so you can get it inside of your inbox every day. And if you like this information and you want to you know, vertically integrate yourself into this entire opportunity for LTV for your entire career. Check out the Facebook Ads MBA program from Disruptor School at mba.facebookdisruptor.com. Last thing we're going to cover today. When we're looking at upsells and bundles for scaling our business, is market research. The honest truth is we might not have any good idea how to vertically integrate our business or what our customers want. We might have a lot of really good ideas which means we're running into the other problem of offer confusion and massive cost because then we have to test a million different things. And if you know me, you said, you know that I think the idea of running a bunch of tests and running a bunch of campaigns and trying to sell a bunch of products is a really, really bad idea. So how do we do market research so that we can understand what our customers actually want? Here are the three biggest things that I do. Understand what that is. Number one is just flat out looking at my number. Now, the easiest way of understanding this, we've talked about finding a hero product. What is the product that when people buy it, they're most likely to buy a second time, right? We look at people that bought more than once. Of those people, what was the most common first product sold? Super easy. What was the most common second product sold? Can we put those together? Again, maybe when somebody bought this pen, they immediately went back and bought paper. 
Why don't we sell it together? Now, sometimes these bundles make complete sense. Sometimes they're completely ridiculous. And that's okay. We need to understand where we are contextually relevant and where our customers are at with their behavior with our business. But the first easiest way of figuring out a bundle is just like I said, what is the most commonly sold product of folks that buy more than once or that's their first purchase? Now, create a bundle, potentially an upsell to scale our business. What's the most commonly sold second product in those people's customer journey? That's going to tell you everything. That right there, number one bundle, you can probably start prospecting with that bundle. And if people don't like it, they can bounce around your site and just buy the regular one-off things at full price instead of maybe discounting the bundle by 10 Now, yes, I said discounting. If I don't have to pay to get the transaction more than once, I could instead say the 5 or $10 I'm knocking off the price is my acquisition cost of two conversions. And if I'm doing that, I'm improving the AOV of my first purchase, my average customer. And because I'm making the lowest quality customer, the person only buys once, because I'm getting more revenue out of that person, my average LTV across my entire business goes up. Also, the more products people buy from you, the more likely they are to come back and buy again. So my second purchase rate goes up because more people that take that bundle are likely to buy one of those products again or something else that's vertically integrated in my business. So now instead of selling this pen and then hopefully selling some paper, selling this pen and paper, and then if they buy anything else from me again, pen, paper, and Ginsu knives, maybe they go out and buy another one. Maybe there's 20 other things that Ginsu makes that now they're interested because they like the brand. Maybe now you're buying the New Balance sneakers because you bought the pants, the train, uh, the joggers, or some socks, and now you're just interested. Because again, you're emotionally and psychologically attached to the brand in a way that buying the one product does far less. Now we have a very good relationship and I'm developing LTV, and I can buy against that LTV instead of the AOV of the first purchase. So I'm able to massively scale my business because I can effectively spend against future revenue. And again, you're like, well, I don't have the cash flow to spend against future revenue. If you're getting additional purchases every single day, you're getting those LTV journeys to mature, more and more percentage, a higher percentage of your revenue on a daily basis is coming in on transactions you didn't have to pay for. You can just use that revenue. Lose 50% of that revenue on your break even. So if you were to make five grand today and otherwise you would have made 20, you can spend, you can, you can lose two and a half thousand dollars on Facebook with your advertising today or this month or this year. You can lose that money at the first transaction you already made five grand so there's a cushion you have to start to understand the unit economics here but that's how we really begin to scale because that allows us to have access to greater volume because we don't need to be as efficient and then we can basically give ourselves a new allowable cpa which means that when we raise budget we are likely to see a higher bid so we're going to probably lose a little bit of efficiency but because we're getting higher volume the machine's going to get smarter faster we can do more creative testing 
we can maybe improve that CPA and our estimated actual rate or advertiser score. All the numbers start to go up. I've done this repeatedly and I've 5X or 10X businesses that were already doing six or seven figures into the high sevens, mid eights range in less than a year. And I've done that four times in the last five years. This stuff works. The other two things for market research. Number one, Amazon. When somebody buys, if you were to go to your competitor, even your own product list on Amazon, and you were to say people that buy this likely buy these other two things. Right? They give you that sort of that bundle, right? Like a, this plus this plus this. Now they're not discounting that bundle, they're just making it easy for you. But that's also really telling. What do people buy together? Can I produce that product? Do I have that suite of products? What's the type of customer that's buying that suite of products versus just what I'm selling? How can I more align my offer construction? to match that customer need. Amazon is incredibly smart and based off of their millions and millions of transactions, if my product is the hero product in this bundle, what are the other products being upsold and how do I incorporate that into my vertical integration? So I have an upsell strategy built around market research. That's a tremendously powerful exchange that I highly, highly, highly recommend you invest your time and money into. The last thing for market research that I enjoy doing or that I do myself when looking for this is very simple. I'll pull the audience. I can't tell you how many times Making a social media post that says, hey, vote on the next product where you do renders of the next few things that you want people to buy. Or you send out an email and you ask people to vote on it. Maybe this isn't step one. Maybe it's the validation of an idea. Maybe it, you've come up with three or four ideas and it's the deciding factor based on the information we get from this poll, what people are going to actually want to take action on. But you'd be surprised. When you go to your customers and say, hey, thank you so much. I know that you guys love us. You're engaging and loyal. Thank you. What else would you like to see? You'd be surprised how honest and how valuable the feedback that you're going to get is. When was the last time you actually got on customer service calls with your clients and said, what can we give you that would make this more valuable for you? What products are you looking for? And for people that are unhappy, what was your expectation? Where else did you go? What other products did you buy? Basically, what are my competitors doing better than me? And what does their offer look like? I generally do that way before I ever go to my competitors' pages and see what they have going on because I have no idea about their financial backend. I have no idea about the success or failure rate of any of these offers. I have no idea about the PSM of any of them. What people put on their page to sell is an extraordinarily low-quality indicator of what people actually do. That's unfortunate. But overall of this, we've gone over, what is your upsell strategy? What is 
vertical integration and how do we use it to ultimately build bundles based on market research. With that being said, I'll see you on the internet.